Art of the Assistant, brought to you from the hills of almost heaven, West Virginia, a podcast created to encourage and assist those who are sitting in the second chair of their ministries and organizations. Hey, everyone, and thank you for joining Art of the Assistant. And we're just excited, as we always are, to be back with you in another episode today that I hope will be an encouragement and kind of make an impact exactly where you all are in your lives and ministry. It's good to have Dan here with us as well. Again, not at the coffee shop, but COVID is still a little crazy and just continue to pray for his wife in light of that. She's really been battling some side effects of that and they've been, um, they've really been going through it the last couple of weeks and they got doctor's appointments even today. So Dan, everyone will be praying. We're praying and um, Lord willing, Holly will get back on her feet soon. Well, I appreciate that. She's a little bit better every day, but um yeah, we just kind of got uh, uh, knocked on our seat there for uh, the last couple of weeks, but uh, but I am excited uh, to record this podcast. I think it's a, such a, a needed topic, and we're kind of a little bit apprehensive to talk about it, especially in a public setting. And so uh, maybe maybe you and I can talk about what a lot of other people are thinking. <laughs> <laughs> That's hey, I'm good at that. Yeah, <laughs> elephant in the room. Right. And and so today now anticipations build up. What is it? Well, today we're going to talk about what's next. And you know, what's next is a question I think many of you listening to right now are asking yourself and very possibly you ask yourself this on a regular basis. You know, you find yourself um, daydreaming at times and just thinking about what it would be like to work with certain pastors. I mean, Many, I know all you guys are sitting there thinking right now, man, what it would it be like to work for Dan Vaughn, right? Or Trey Spicer. That would just be, that'd be amazing. But, but in all reality, you know, I think Dan and I probably sit around at times and think, man, I wonder what it would be like to work with, you know. Um, but we, we think about that or we think about, man, to be part of a ministry like that. Oh, to be, you know, part of a ministry. I couldn't imagine working with the, the Carrie Schmitz or working with the, um, John MacArthur's or working with uh, Scott Tools or working with, you know, and you could fill in the blank of all these guys. And man, what would it be like to be on a ministry team like that? Whatever your bent is to from there to Andy Stanley. Right. And, and you long for the day, you know, when God will open the door for you guys. And right now you feel like, man, I'm just an assistant of this little church or, you know, I'm not amounting up to anything. And one day to be a real pastor or with a real church, with a real staff, or one day where I can be, you know, the lead guy. So I can be the one casting that vision or casting that direction. Cause my pastor, he just, he just is just, you know, it's in status quo mode. We're cruising in neutral. We're not going anywhere. And it's so frustrating. And I know in my own life, you know, from the time I was in college, I knew that one day I would be a senior pastor. I knew God wanted me in this role uh, you know, even in high school, I was junior class president, senior class president, even in college, I had those leadership roles as well. And I had no interest in being the second man. I didn't feel that was my calling. I didn't feel that was my gift set. I didn't take one youth ministry class in college. I didn't go to any youth ministry seminars because I didn't want to be a youth pastor. I didn't want to be an assistant pastor. I, I wanted to be in a position of leadership, and I felt God confirmed that in my life with the places where he put me, and, and, and I knew that's what God wanted, but also knew that, that as God was leading in my heart, I, I just loved Joshua, 
I loved the Elisha of the Bible who, who came in. Those stories just intrigued me, took over for another man and carried on that ministry. So even early on in, in my freshman year of college, God just hit me with these men and I just started to study them. And, and so as I just prayed about missions or church planning or prayed about what God wanted, it came back over and over again that I needed to be someone that followed a man that had been in the church for several, several years, which, you know, it, so when I started praying and making this decision and thinking about what's next, that helped me in that decision-making process, you know, because I said, well, you know, that pastor is, he's the founding pastor. Maybe God wants me to take over for him, or maybe God wants me to to take over for them. And, and I was thinking about, you know, what's next. And I don't know, Dan, did you have all of those thoughts too in, in ministry or at times? <laughs> my, my thoughts weren't quite as organized as you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, mine sound good. They probably weren't either, but I, it sounds good on paper when I type it right, out. <laughs> right. Um, you know, when we, when we came into it, um, I looked, I actually looked at our assistant pastor at the time and I thought, I could do that. Mm. That, that, I mean, if a man desires the office, you know, he desires a, a good yeah. work. And so, yeah. um, I, I was looking at it. I didn't have this like, um, pinpointed call in life where I went to the altar and, you know, surrendered, uh, everything. And, it I, I looked at it to, and desired it. I think God just mm. began to develop that desire. And then, um, when uh, some staffing roles changed at our church and our pastor brought us on um, and the, the assistant that I looked up to uh, ended up moving on and, and I took his spot, but I, okay. it was just, it was kind of this um, um, secession plan in pastor's mind of someday I'm going to step down. And one of, one of my, men that I've trained and yeah. invested in is going to take. And I, I never looked at it as 20 years down the road at that time. I just looked at it as, man, I'm not, I know I'm not ready to be a pastor. Yeah. Um, I, I figured that would probably be almost last on the list of, of ministry jobs. But um, I, I was, I was content in that uh, 100%. Um, and it's really because I looked at a good assistant and saw, and desired uh, what he was doing and thought, yeah. I can make that work. That's cool. Yeah. So remind me again, you were after stepping in the assistant role, you were there how long before going to Weston? I, I was there for seven years. Okay. That's what I thought. Okay, yeah. good. So I'll tie that. We can tie that in here with one of these points too, as we go. So, you know, as you're sitting there, Dan, looking at that, and as I'm sitting there thinking about these things and and how my mind works, I'm always thinking about what's next too. So even as I'm, you know, a senior pastor now, and maybe you as well, maybe your thoughts are like what your pastors was. Okay. Who will take over this church next? Right. And, and, but I don't look at it as me bringing on a guy and saying, Hey, listen, I'm 43 years old in 20 years, man, this place is yours. <laughs> I, just, right. I hope the church is there in 20 years, right. but you know, I had a, you know, Joey Neal was with me the last three years. Hey, if I made an impact on him for three years and 20 years from now, you know, he's looking for a ministry and I'm stepping down, you know, Hey, there's an opportunity. I want to go back there. I love that church. I love those people. I love the area. Let's go back. You know what I mean? Right. And so I, these guys, I think, man, I just want to pour myself into them. So, Hey, if I ever did, they'd all be willing, wanting and ready to come back. Yeah. And I feel like that's me doing my job. 
Yeah. But that being said, you know, even in my mind now, I'm thinking about who's next <laughs> and, you know, what's what's there. And I think Elisha, honestly, as you look at first Kings 19, I love that passage of scripture. So here's Elisha. He's out there with the oxen. He's plowing the fields. And, and I can just imagine him behind these oxen, however they did it then. We can all act like we know. I'm not sure we do. He's calling out the commands to the oxen, but at the same time, he's praying, God, what's next for me? You know, you, you have called me here, and kind of like you were looking at that assistant, he's watching Elijah thinking, man, I love that. Yeah. I could see myself doing that one day. And God, you've given me a heart for that, and, and you've given me a desire for that and, and for your ways. I want to lead Israel. I want to make an impact on these kings. But God, what? why this desire here? And, and what's next for me? Mm. And as we look at Elisha and we think about him having those thoughts, you know, and let's just put him out there on the field. He's, t- he's, he's with the oxen. These things are in his mind. He's thinking about what's next. I just want to take some liberty, guys, with this text. And if you want to go back and look at it later and draw some of these conclusions or think we're crazy, that's fine. But each one is going to make an applicable point to where you all are as we are considering, you know, what is next. And so in order for us to be ready for what's next, I think number one, we must be content where we are. Yeah. I think that's key. And, and no matter what, um, the church is doing, no matter what our pastor is like, no matter what our paycheck is, no matter how bad things are, God makes it clear in scriptures that, that we have to learn to be content. Mm-hmm. Paul says, whatever state I am in, and man, he was in some crazy states yeah. and, and God says to be content. And so you could be though, that, you know, you or, or the ministry you're in, you could say, but, but Trey gets changed. We got a new pastor and this guy's not like the old pastor and I'm really struggling working with them. Or it could be you made a really dumb decision and you went and you're working in a church or you're working in a ministry or you're working in a location that that you should not be. But regardless of that, at this moment, you are where God wants you to be and you need to exercise contentment to the best of your ability. Yeah. And, And again, a lot of times that's not easy. And sometimes even as we're exercising contentment in our minds, we're thinking, man, I would love to. I had a missionary, a, a friend of mine in Zimbabwe. He was home on furlough. He, he was um, teaching a class for me in my Bible Institute, and he spoke on 2 Timothy 2. And man, Dan, it was one of the best expository lessons I've ever heard on 2 Timothy chapter 2. And I love 2 Timothy chapter 2. And after class, I took him to Cracker Barrel. We were having dinner, and I, I said, you know, that was the best lesson I've ever heard and the most the greatest explanation contextually I've ever heard on that text. And you have a real unique gift for teaching. And he said this, and, and it was, it was just something I'll never forget. I've forgotten that lesson, but I'll never forget what he said. He said, I've always wanted to be a teacher at a seminary, or I always wanted to be a teacher at a Bible college, teaching young men for ministry. I feel comfortable doing that, but God has called me to Zimbabwe and that's where I will serve him. Wow. Uh, That's what I thought. Wow. You know, he was content in Zimbabwe. He actually died of liver failure in Zimbabwe Mm -hmm. in South Africa. That's where he died relatively young. And he died a faithful servant content in his calling. 
and, and we might even look at our lives and say, man, I, I would love to be, you know, uh, I evangelist. That's where I feel like I would be comfortable, you know, give me the camper. Let me hit the road. Now me, I would be a hotel evangelist cause I've pulled a camper and <laughs> I hate it, but <laughs> you know, but we might be that way, but God says, no, you know, I, you need to be content serving right there. You need to be content serving in the ministry that I've called you to. And so I think, I think contentment, Dan, is very important. Yeah, I, I a hundred percent agree with that. You know, you can't be in two places at once. And we know that from a physical standpoint, right? but even emotionally, um, and just our, our desires can take us to places. And I, I find with myself, if I'm having a bad day as a pastor, then evangelism sounds great. Yeah. Um, but if, if, you know, that grass is greener syndrome, um, affects us greatly and seasons come and, and seasons go, we know that, I mean, where we yeah. are here in West Virginia, it's beautiful seasons. And yep. right now it's a beautiful fall. It's season. beautiful. Yeah. And the, the leaves are, are just about at peak and, uh, we understand seasons and God may have put you for here for a season to prepare you for the mm-hmm. next season. And you have to go through this in order to get to that. And if you're yeah. not content uh, where you are, um, then, well, it's like those who fail to learn the lessons of history are doomed to repeat them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you're not passing this test, God's not going to move you on to, to the next, uh, to, yeah. to the next thing. And, you know, Paul, his desire was to go to Rome set up um, really a, a base there. And uh, he went to Rome, but not under the conditions that, that he wanted to go under. Yeah. And so when he's writing about contentment, it's kind of eye-opening the conditions that he's in while writing uh, about contentment. You know, godliness with contentment is great gain. I've learned in whatsoever state I am, uh, therewith to be content. And, yeah. um, you know, through the ups and downs, contentment is so very important. Yeah, I, I I couldn't agree more. And like you said, you use the word seasons. I think, you know, in, in each season of life or wherever God has us, he's got something for us to learn. And yeah. I look at the ministries I was in and man, the lessons, they were just invaluable. I mean, we're taking those lessons we've learned and we're using them now to help others. Yeah. And and I think, you know, that that contentment is a key with that. So guys, as you're listening, I, I know that some of you might be struggling right now. You might be in a position you don't want to be in, but please just be content with where God has you and, and show that spirit of contentment. But with that, you know, as number two, and I don't know, Dan, we might have to stop after this one because we could talk forever just on these. Number two is serving and working a hundred percent where you are. Yeah. You know, not only do we have, should we be content? Okay. But, but we must be working there and giving everything we have, working like crazy in our current ministry. Yeah. And we need to give that ministry 110% every day. You might wake up, you might have got up this morning thinking, this is the last place I want to be. I don't care. I want you to give it 110%. You say, but, but Trey, I'm not allowed to do anything. You know, this guy's clipped my wings and, and I'm a threat to him. So he's taken all my ministry privileges away. He's not keeping you from investing in others. Mm-hmm. And, and so whatever you can do and whatever um, ministry capabilities you have in your current role, go for it. Yeah. Give it a hundred and ten percent. Never let anyone have any suspicion. Okay. You've checked out. 
you know, we, we've had, I've gone through several staff members, you know, it's just the nature of our ministry where we are. And we had one staff member, I had some people come to me and say, Hey, what's going on? It sure seems like they've checked out. I said, well, you know, he's, you know, looking other places and feels like it's time to move on. And, and you never want someone to say that, right. You know, you never want, that's a terrible way to leave. And it's a terrible way to leave a ministry. Yeah. I know when I was in North Carolina and I was working on coming here, I didn't, you know, you don't broadcast things like that. And, and once I finally told, you know, my students, I was teaching a couple Bible classes there at North Carolina. And I said, Hey guys, just so you know, this is going to be the last year I teach. I'm going to be moving on to, to West Virginia. And the kids are like, Oh, we knew it. We knew you were leaving. I'm like, you did not. How in the world did you know? And they, they said this, cause you know, you never talked on the phone as much as you have the last couple months. So we knew something was up. And it was true. You know, I, the pastor up here would call me and I'd go outside and talk and come back in, you know, as we were planning, um, candidating and planning, coming and planning, you know, all these things, cause it takes right. a lot of communication as you're doing that and planning to sell the house. And, and so another just keynote, if you're going to give it hundred percent, 10%, you're going to be content, but you are candidating somewhere else. Take your phone calls after four o'clock. Wait, wait till you're you leave for lunch, or wait till you know work is over because people are watching. And you know, even like with me in Bible class, kids aren't stupid, right? And you know, and if the kids knew and figured it out, do you think the parents did? Sure, absolutely. You know, that was it was no secret to them, and I'm sure behind the scenes whispering was going on. You know, Trey's going to be Trey's going to be leaving soon. Yeah. And so we, we've got to give it 100%. And I think another uh, problem is we get our eyes on that next thing. And, and we just kind of get by in our current place of employment. And, you know, it doesn't matter. Okay, let's say, let's use this illustration. So I'm senior pastoring at Faith. I love what's going on. But let's say a ministry calls me um, in California. And this did happen. And, you know, it's a large ministry, large Christian school, beautiful, beautiful area of California. And they say, hey, Trey, we know you can handle this. We know what you've done there. We've known your past ministries. Why don't you come and candidate out here and, and pray about potentially becoming our pastor? Now, I, I didn't pursue that because it wasn't the time in God, but let's say I did do that and I pursued that then all of a sudden my tendency is going to be start thinking about, man, I could do this in California mm -hmm. and I can do that in California. And man, we could, man, look at these houses. So inadvertently, where's my mind going right from my current ministry and my current people. And now, you know, it's hotel California because yeah. that's, that's where I want to be. Right. And, and it might never pan out, but that's where my pool, my pool is. You, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's, it's that way. And it kind of goes back to, to what uh, I, I said on the first point is you can't be in two places at once. Yeah. Sometimes your God pulls your heart and he, he kind of takes your heart from one place to another. What used to thrill you and excite you and uh, what really lit a fire under you uh, no longer does that. And um, it's, it's God. He's the one that is, is making you discontent. Mm -hmm. However, mm -hmm. until he moves, 
you have to be very purposeful in, yeah. in, in your mind every day to wake up and to be where you are. You know, you were talking about uh, your assistant that uh, had had left after serving with you for three years. And and in 20 years from now, uh, maybe he's coming back and, and taking that ministry. But that opportunity is absolutely gone if you leave on a sour note. Absolutely. If you check out and people know it and they recognize it, then there is no... Don't burn bridges that don't have to be burned. I, I don't yeah. care if it's a horrible situation. Go out with grace. Go out on top. Go go out um, with integrity. Mm -hmm. And you have no idea who is watching, what relationships you're you're continuing to cultivate over the years, and what what's going to happen 10, 20 yeah. years down the road. Yeah. So if you if you just say, Well, God's done with me here, and so I'm done. Mm. Or I know that in two years, um, you know, I'm finishing up my master's and um, while I'm here and in two years, I'm going to pursue this. And so I don't right. want to invest heavily here because what's it matter? You know, in, yeah. in two years I'm gone. Mm -hmm. I, I uh, saw this uh, quote, um, Bill Prater uh, had posted this, uh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. Um, he said, uh, the only thing worse than training a staff member and having them leave is not training them and having them stay. Oh, that's good. Now that hit really hard with me um, as, as a pastor, but I think it applies to everyone. Sometimes we pull away and we stop investing or, or we don't put our heart out there because we think, well, this is not long-term, so I don't want to put mm -hmm. my roots too deep. Mm -hmm. And in reality, we, we shortchange the ministry and, and we shortchange um, where, where we are and what we're supposed to be doing in that moment uh, thinking. And, and if I'll just say this, if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing now, you won't do it when you leave. Yeah. So you, maybe for a few months, but you'll go right back to that old right, routine. Right. So the, the first time, you know, the, the new wears off and it's not as exciting as it was. And, you know, you, you play like you practice. And so yeah. if you're, if you're not doing it now, there's not going to be a magic button somewhere. And, you know, yeah. I, I'm going to pray for a revival and I'm going to, you know, uh, spend all this time and study and prayer and invest in people when I get here, mm -hmm. uh, when this happens, if you're not doing it now, you won't do it there. Yeah. You know, if, if you're not trying to reach people now, you won't reach people there, wherever there happens to be. And so I, I think that you're, you're onto something here. You've got to be content, even when God might be make, stirring your nest, yeah. you have to stay uh, content and you have to be 100% where you are, even if you're in transition yeah. and those are hard, stressful times, but you'll look back and, and you'll be able to, uh, to look back at that time and go, you know what? That was a difficult time, but I am so glad that I left with integrity that the, my pastor and I still have a, a great relationship that the people that uh, in that ministry and I have a great relationship because uh, of what I did when I was there and how I chose to transition. Um, so thinking a year, two months, two years ahead, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. um, planning is wonderful. 
Uh, thinking about uh, what God might want you to do in the future is wonderful, but you have to be where you are while you're thinking ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, you want guys, as, as you do this, you, I want you to think ahead and think when I leave, I want this to be a funeral service because I want everybody to be upset when I go. You want to have such a reputation that the people will be sick to see you go. And when you're gone, you're going to be missed. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, we're all replaceable. Don't get me wrong, but you want your personality and you want your work ethic and you want the stamp that you made in the ministry that you're in. You want it to be missed. Yeah. You know, HB Charles, I was listening to him on a podcast not too long ago and he was at his first ministry, I think 15, 20 years. I mean, he became the pastor. He was still in high school when the church, he was a senior in high school when the church voted him in as the senior pastor. Wow. I think his dad passed away and they voted. He was there. He went in to cast a vote and here his name was nominated and he was voted in and wow. didn't even see it coming. And yeah. so here's this 18 year old boy taking over, you know, this church and, and he did it. He was there 15, 20 years, something like that. And he moved on and, and he tells a story when he went, it wasn't pleasant. You know, when he moved on and went to this next ministry, one, the next ministry was much larger and bigger and people took that offensively, but he left in such a way and it soothed over in such a way that he has been invited back to preach at that church every year since he left. Wow. Other than the year of COVID, he's gone back for 20 plus years and he's preached every year in his former church. Now that tells me that he left in the right way. Yeah, that's right. And so we could take HB's example and say, listen, if I leave here, I want to make sure I leave in such a way that I'm invited to come back, mm. you know, and, and take the high road when you go. Um, you know, I was in a ministry. It was rough. It was not a good place to be. Um, I was treated very poorly and, you know, the pastor took a really huge risk in allowing me to preach my final sermon and announce to people I was leaving. Mm. And when I finished after the service, I went up right to him and I shook his hand. I looked him in the eyes and he said this, thank you for being so kind to me. Hmm. Because I mean, by giving me that opportunity, that I, that was a platform I could have unloaded. Right. Here's why I'm really leaving. Well, no, I was really leaving because God said, Hey, I got this opportunity for you, but eh, it's not been good. Let me tell you why, but no you know, that that's not my place. And so always take the high road, always leave with that reputation. Now I can go back to that church, sit in the, the pew and not, you know, and, and enjoy worshiping there and listening to the, the pastor preach and it's okay. And so, you know, you, you just want to make sure it's in that manner and in that way. And, and you'll have no regrets as you move on. And you won't be worried about what somebody says on the face, what they tag you in on Facebook after that (laughs) either on that. So Dan, I think, I I think we're probably could wrap up with those two. What do you think? Yeah, um, absolutely. I, you know, this kind of goes along, but uh, not fully, but I'd like to say it anyway. Um, You know, on that contentment issue, there are, are some times when we feel like, well, I'd be better off if I could be, my, I'll be my own boss. And I'll, I, you know, this church out here, they need a pastor and I can go out and I can. And that mentality, when we get there, all right, um, 
we, we find out some things. <laughs> Two are better than one. Hmm. Uh, a lot of times as an assistant or on a team, um, although you're, you're not sitting behind the desk that, that makes the final call on things, you know, you're pastoring a, a small congregation. If you have a, if you have a youth group of 30 kids, you're pastoring a, a small congregation because you're, you're reaching into that family as well. Yeah. And you go out here to a church of, you know, 40 or 50 people, which that's, that's fine. That's fine. If that's what God wants you to do, but they're not going to have the, the larger scale mentality that, that you're used to. And I think some people um, have this idea of, well, I can set my own schedule. I can be my own boss. Nobody's telling me what to do kind of mentality uh, in their contentment. And maybe, maybe you and, and the leadership are, um, are, are, you know, water and oil, <laughs> maybe, right, maybe right. you're, um, you know, crashing heads a little bit on some issues, but, um, we really need to think those things through completely because once we get on the other end, um, you might find yourself very lonely, but completely in charge. Yeah. And so good. contentment and just thinking about contentment, I know mm-hmm. that's not fully what our subject is about today, but thinking about contentment, yeah, God may have something for you down the road. He may have you something for you, you know, within a few months, who knows, who knows, Yeah. but where you are, learn to appreciate what you have and it will serve you well. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I think today could be titled the art of contentment before you go on to what's next. (laughs) And then, and then next week we can talk about what's next. No, I think that's great guys. If you could just take heed to that again, I thought these first two points, if you didn't get anything, just get these two. So that's all you're going to get today. (laughs) And and I trust that's an encouragement to you. And, and, you know, after 20 um, years plus of ministry, I can tell you, this is my third ministry and it doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing, how big or how small your church is. Satan attacks ministry's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, people are people, no matter where you are and a location or a size of a church or this, you know, the size of the pastor's office or how big your office is. None of it, um, is going to change those facts. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is what it is there. So we just got to be where God wants us to be, be content in your calling and, and just give it 110%. And, and God honors that. Um, God honors that faithfulness and you'll never regret doing that now. And we'll, we'll talk about more, um, in the coming, coming weeks on, you know, how to handle what's next. Yeah. Dan, any closing words? No, no, you wrapped it up uh, right. real nicely. Uh, don't forget to, to share the podcast with maybe a friend that you think, uh, this would be an encouragement to and like, and rate the podcast. If you would, that'll yeah, help. That's great. That's, that's, that's terrific. Absolutely. Absolutely. We appreciate that if you would do that. So once again, thank you for tuning in to Art of the Assistant. As Dan said, man, share it, uh, subscribe, rate, and let people know we are there. We do a very, very poor job at that. So we're, we're trusting on you to do it by word of mouth. And and so next week or the two weeks from now, we'll talk about what's next. Thanks for tuning in.